Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we have another baseball-related episode. We talk about how we improve GERD in the shoulder. We talk about hip internal rotation issues in pitchers. And we talk about the use of dry needling in our overhead athletes. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. I'm up here in Boston at Champion PT and Performance. See how I I'm flipped that this time? I'm in Boston yeah. at, I usually say at Champion in Boston. Gotcha. See what I did there? Yeah, We're going to start on this side. I'm here with Dan Pope, fitnesspainfree.com, Dave Tilly, shiftmovementscience.com, Lenny Macrina, <laughs> Champion PT <laughs> and Performance. <laughs> Media. If you're on social media, I'm going to find you. Len Mac PT, <laughs> yeah. he's on there. We got Jojo Coppolo from uh, Stony Brook in New York. Jojo. Uh, uh, Jojo is here uh, hooking us up with some awesome questions again today. So, Jojo, take it away, buddy. All right. Taylor from Connecticut. What are ways to improve GERD and or soft tissue in the shoulder? Okay. All right. So, so GERD in the overhead athlete with baseball. So we talk about GERD a lot. GERD stands for glenohumeral internal rotation deficit, not uh, gastric uh, reflux disease. Uh, so GERD in a baseball player is a loss of internal rotation. So when you ask how do we treat it, the first thing we say is do you really have it? Because every baseball player has less internal rotation on their throwing arm, right? Here's me. You can see just on me. I'm there, there. Let's see. <laughs> Dave's symmetrical. <laughs> Dave's not a big baseball player. What did we see your IR, Dan? Dan's pretty close, oh, too. Did you play a lot of baseball growing up? Not at all. Not much. PR does IR. Not a ton. So, yeah, so Lenny and I, I played like a little bit more. Like <laughs> you can see. So, a loss of internal rotation isn't pathological necessarily. You have to have, you know, big asymmetry. So, you can see with my external rotation, I've gained more and I've lost some right here. So, you, the first step in treating it is figuring out do you have to treat it? Because sometimes you don't have to treat it. That's the first thing. And then the second thing I always kind of say and that we always do is it's the starts with soft tissue with me, not the capsule. Okay, so still, in, in almost 20 years now, we've been talking about this, I've never mobilized the posterior capsule. I don't think that's the approach. I do a lot of soft tissue. So, Len, what, do you, what, we, what soft we, tissue do you do? And we can restore motion if we think they've lost some motion. It's going to come down to your clinical exam, whether or not this internal rotation is pathological, but I'm just hitting posterior cuff. Just, so, teres, all the muscle groups that are decelerating the shoulder and follow through all the muscle groups that are decelerating the shoulder during what we call in biomechanics late cocking or the layback phase. Um, so, posterior cuff, lats, um, subscap, uh, pec minor, I'm hitting all that soft tissue to try to restore what I think is normal range of motion, which is going to be individual in each athlete that's presenting in front of me. So. However you want to use your, your soft tissue mobilization type stuff, whether it's foam rolling, lacrosse ball, hands-on stuff, I like both. So, you know, that's just, I think that's the best way is to kind of uh, hit hit all the muscles. Yeah, and we, yeah. we do a ton of soft tissue, but you can do it yourself. I have a bunch of videos on my website about 
kind of hitting the posterior shoulder with the lacrosse ball. I think that's super helpful for GERD. Um, you know, it, there's a good study about the sleeper stretch, which is another popular one to see if you should aggressively crank on your shoulder. I'm sorry, am I biasing this answer already? Uh, but, you know, the sleeper stretch, it's actually been shown that cross-body horizontal adduction is more effective at restoring internal rotation of the shoulder than doing a sleeper stretch. So, you know, again, it's it, like Lenny mentioned, it's those posterior kind of soft tissue structures, the muscles that decelerate the arm that are probably most impacted. So we kind of hit all those up. So yep. Good. Joe Joe. Jonathan from Memphis. What are some ways a pitcher can improve hip impingement during internal rotation of the drive leg hip? All right, so pitchers improving internal rotation of the hip, and this is the drive one, but I mean, heck, it's, we can talk about both. Um, that's actually, it's a good one because it's pretty popular, you know. I, I feel like our current generation of athletes, I don't know if this goes back to what they did in their youth, but they're, they're certainly more FAI-based people. There's more of these bony blocks and impingements with internal rotation that we're seeing. It just seems so much more common in all of our athletes. So we're starting to see it in the pitchers, you know. And front side leg, I think, is pretty common because you have to get up over your front side and internally rotate that lead leg so you see that a lot but I have seen it in the rear leg because he said the rear leg right or the drive leg so the drive leg so that's the drive leg as you do kind of come and turn into internal rotation you can have it so you know what you got to treat it as if it's FAI and you actually have a bony block thing so Dave what you do a ton of hips what do you do yeah. for FAI so I've been uh, Lenny and I were just talking about this other day but I've been studying a lot of the newer hip arthroscopy research and micro instability research because obviously gymnastics and aesthetic sports but they're seeing that there's way more overlap in the path of of FAI-based impingement and also micro-instability. So the biggest difference between the two joints is that obviously the acetabulum covers way more. So people aren't just like sliding out like the shoulder. They're probably hitting the edge of the acetabular wall and then subluxing in the opposite way of like a fulcrum mechanism based on where they bump in. So somebody can have a closing sided angle you know, impingement and then also have pain on the other side of the joint because they tip out. So we were talking about how I think that we're going to see the two worlds kind of collide where they're talking about maybe we run out of soft tissue mobility and run out of soft tissue flexibility and then you get excessive capsular stress to make up for the difference. So physiologically the range of motion looks there but it's happening from the wrong spots if that makes sense. And so that's really where my head has been going to a lot of like how do we address you know teaching someone to take away capsular stress and joint stretch but also you know put flexibility in the proper areas and I think that's where some of the baseball stuff the biomechanically is probably going to move towards of how do we see that live and then how do we know how to fix it. Right, and if you think about it, it's similar to the shoulder here. You have probably an athlete that has some congenital laxity of some sort or they have some, some micro-instability almost already, right? So they're sliding around. That's causing more impingement, more bony growth. You're getting that FAI development in there. So it goes back to the shoulder. You have to have good mobility, so soft tissue capsular mobility, like Dave kind of said, and that balance between them. But you probably need good strength and dynamic stability of the hip stabilizers. It's something that we just don't do as good of a job with, right? And, and it's, it's something to work towards there. So I think it starts with alignment and positioning, right? If you have somebody in a huge anterior pelvic tilt with a ton of soft tissue tightness, you're just putting them in a, a position to fail, not a position to succeed, right? Because they're going to have limited motion. They're they're going to internally rotate uh, and, and just jam right into the joint. Right. So it's position first and then, you know, mobility and strength and dynamic stability. And wow, we just described how we treat every joint. <laughs> you know, so when you break it down like that, it's, you know, it, it, I hate to oversimplify, but I, I think it's I think that's what we need to start doing is start treating the hip like we do the shoulder and, and see what happens. So Joe Joe. Jonathan from Connecticut. Hi Mike and everyone at Champion. Huge fan of the podcast and all inner circle content. 
My question is regarding dry needling for the overhead athlete. What dosage, frequency, and timing, in season, off season, do you tend to use? Thanks. All right, so dry needling in overhead athletes, and really any athlete here. So I, I guess the I wonder if the bigger part of this question is, do we do it in season, right? Because off season, who cares, right? I mean, that's kind of easier. So I, I do dry needle in season. Um, I, I, I haven't had any issues. I've never, uh, when I first started dry needling, I was definitely more cautious and was doing it like, you know, when I knew I had a couple of days before they were going to pitch, that type of thing. But as we slowly got comfortable for it and I just, I just learned people's responses to it, I, I just I, I just do it I do it and people can throw that day it's it's I, I'm, I'm, I'm so I use it all the time so I, we use dry needling as an adjunct to our manual therapy to help gain more mobility so if somebody needs more mobility we'll probably do a little dry needling quick and then and then get in there but I will say, most of the time, I'm using my hands, an instrument-assisted tool, maybe a cup, something like that. I'm using my hands, and I restore their motion fine, mm. right? So I don't need to get in there with a needle. If somebody is chronically tight and is coming to me and I haven't been working with them, and they're really tight, they have a big density contraction or something that you can just really, really palpate in there, we may start with the needle or we might see how they do with my hands and then go from there. Right, but you know we don't just jump to needling just because it's in our, our our wheelhouse. We use it when we need it, if that makes sense. In the off season, I don't know, go bananas. I don't think that matters. So same thing when they need it, when they need the mobility, right? Well, so it's in our toolbox, Lenny. We don't have toolboxes. <laughs> it's definitely in my toolbox. Tool belt. Is that it, JoJo? It. Is that three? Awesome. Another good episode. I love the baseball questions. Dave loves the baseball questions. Dan, you guys, you guys hit a home run on that episode. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, I need my garage band in there. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it again. Awesome questions. Go to MikeRinald.com. You can uh, click on that podcast link and ask us questions we got a cool form you can fill out. Go to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review, and really help us out. We really want to spread the word so we can make a big impact here. So spread this around. Share it to all your students and your classmates and stuff. We want to make sure that the young clinicians are getting into this too. So thanks so much, guys, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.